0: you Dude. Dear
1: interesting song uh, I think it's I think it's based on feeling and the fact is and I can't base my relationship to Christ on feeling, the fact is he won't ask me by but the fact is we need to yearn for him and want him and be that way he loves you you need to know that I don't know how to segue to where I begin my sermon Football season right under the corner. Football season, and I'm excited about that. At Mississippi State, where I went, we are always excited about the next season. <laughs> 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 and it's inter- it's a re- it, you know it's interesting. There's more old Miss people in this church than Mississippi State people. So God is teaching me all sorts of things, <laughs> so <laughs> to love everybody. And I. Talk shows are speculating. And that's all it's funny. Talk about what hasn't happened yet. People have all their opinions. Hope springs eternal for all of our undefeated teams. My sports fan friends talk about the nuts and bolts of sports and football. And I've heard them say that it all happens up front. The line of scrimmage where the big ones are. If you control the line of scrimmage, usually you can win the game. And so we use that illustration from football about controlling that line of scrimmage to get to our point. Our minds are the lines of scrimmage in our lives. And whoever controls our line of scrimmage controls our lives before we go further. Father, we ask that you be so close that we hear the sound of sandal feet walking on Father, that your spirit would fill us, this place, our lives, our ears our hearts, our spirits. And we would connect with you because of your word and your spirit with us today. That you'd get me out of the equation. Put yourself there. Father, help us in that ongoing battle with our minds. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter 10 verses 3 to 5 establish the conflict. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. A contemporary version puts it this way. We're human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God we captured those rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey when we read those verses no matter what translation certain terms pop out: war weapons stronghold the reason that the Bible is clear about that is there's always a battle going on around us there's a battle for our mind taking place every moment Of every day. And Paul here says our mind is kind of like a castle. Like a stronghold. It can be. But it's always under attack. If you're a Christian, the devil still will not leave you alone. He wants to wrestle our minds away from God. And none of us are you. But if he can control our mind, our line of scrimmage, he can control us. That's what is hinted at in Proverbs 23, verse 7, the first part. It says, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. For as a man thinketh, a woman thinketh in her heart, in his heart, so is he, so is she. It all starts every morning with how we think. I had a principal friend of mine at a school, and he would make the announcements every morning, every, and every Monday morning. Bill would say, Hello, boys and girls. Aren't you glad it was Monday morning? He was hoping that it would be contagious, and he could change their thinking. Heard about a lady that went to her psychiatrist, and she said, "Doctor, you have to help my husband. He thinks he's a racehorse." Psychiatrist scratched his head for a minute, and he said, well, "How do you know?" She said, "Well, he wants to live in the stable out back. He walks around on all fours, and he eats hay." psychiatrist asked it big and he thinks, and he said, well, I, I'm sure I can I, I can help him, but you don't have insurance and this kind of therapy can take a long time and be terribly expensive. And the lady said, money's no problem. He's already won two races. And so, <laughs> you really are what you think. An old proverb put it this way. You sow a thought and you reap an act. You sow an act And you reap a habit. You sow a habit. You reap a character. You sow a character, and you reap a destiny. And I think that's true. And it all starts with a thought. So Satan knows that if he can get us to think wrongly, he can get us to live wrong. What did Zig Ziglar that said, "Stinking thinking leads to lousy living," and it does, and it is true. Before we came to Christ, we're described this way in Colossians 1.21, the second part of the verse says, you were his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. You didn't think about him, you thought about yourself. And we're separated by those thoughts. And as Christians, we need to be aware daily in the battle that Satan wants to take our minds back he Considers it occupied territory and he won't give up. Sometimes we think about it, sometimes maybe we don't. I found this illustration and I think it explains many Christian situations. This author wrote It's easy to be a soldier in a parade. The weapons aren't loaded, there are no enemies firing at you, and all you have to do is keep in step. But when you're in a war, your weapons better be loaded. The enemy is always near, and you better fight for your life. I like I love that illustration because I think it can reflect how we live as Christians. Some might think we're in a parade and not a war, and just a nice little journey along. Don't mind coming to church, don't mind singing some songs, don't mind hearing a message, but going to war, what's that about? I think that's why there's so many casualties on the spiritual battlefield. A lot of people aren't ready and are taking it seriously. Look at these words from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. Satan, who is very real, who is the God of this world, Scripture says, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. Many people are outside of it. Satan has won in the line of scripture. 1 Corinthians 2.14 puts it this way. But people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's Spirit. It all sounds foolish to them, and they can't understand it. For only those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit is. The battle continues. If we're here today and we're Christians, we should be the most thankful people on this planet. Because we get it and we understand the truth. But then the other side of the coin, we need to pray for revival in our land and for those that don't get it. 2 Corinthians 11, 3 tells us to stay on guard. It says, I fear that somehow your pure and undivided devotion to Christ will be corrupt, just as Eve was deceived by the cunning ways of the serpent. Always on to Back to that. As we studied the Holy Spirit over the past couple of months, I did something radical for me. I quit watching television. We, And part of this was from Dave Ramsey's class, and we're going to do it again, by the way. But well, we were able to cut the table and save money, so that's a good thing, too. But I quit watching TV. And it's interesting how much better my life can become. I am not tempted by commercials I remember in my life the diets you go on and whenever you go on a diet without fail the best-looking food commercials come on (laughs) Nobody came out with this ice cream thing I remember one time it just put me off my diet I saw that on TV went to the grocery store I had to get it because they wanted me to (laughs) and I am not connected to the commercials Any longer. I'm not saddened or angered by the news. Because it will do that to you, won't it? News will make you sad. News will make you angry. It'll get your blood pressure going up. And it'll be all you think about the lime screen. Don't watch it anymore. I'm not influenced by the culture. And it's interesting in my lifetime, how the culture of television has changed. And we've talked about that before. When I was a kid growing up, there was Petticoat Junction. Three beautiful daughters at a remote hotel, accessible only by train. Can you imagine what Hollywood would do with that today? Can you imagine? Ricky and Lucy were in separate beds. Dick and Mara Van Dyke were in separate beds. Barney smokes a little on loose front porch, but that's about all that happened in Mayberry. and It has changed. And so I'm not exposed to the culture. And I'm not stirred by the images that you plant seeds in my mind. I think all of us would probably agree that television has deteriorated in our lifetime. So I decided to give my mind a break. And I'm glad that I did. Christianity is mocked and ridiculed and God's name is taken in vain and I'm no longer subject to it. You remember the first time that you heard a four-letter word on TV and you thought, I can't believe they did that and you walked up to the TV and you turned it off, and you said, I'll never watch that again. And then you turned it on and maybe you complained. But now we've become it. If you turned off the TV every time something like that occurred, you'd be flipping a lot. We've become conditioned. It's just the way it is. And our minds are like sponges soaking it in. The battle is real. And for me, and I'm not saying it's right for you. Don't don't misunderstand. For me, it was best for me to get away. So I did. Now for the good news. We have been given the weapon. We have been given the weapons we need. From earlier we wrote, we read in 2 Corinthians 10 three through 5, I'll the new living this time. We're human, we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons. Not worldly weapons. To knock down the strongholds of human reasoning, to destroy false arguments, we destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Think about that God wants us to be able to hold every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ mm-hmm. so how do we do that how can we win so much on the line of scrimmage that every thought we have is obedient to Christ Colossians 3 2 gives us the answer to that set your minds on things that are above not things that are on earth good idea good advice good words romans 8 6 says this to set the mind on the flesh is death but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace so how do we hold our thoughts captive and how do we do that how do we set our minds on things above I love Philippians 4.8 and I always will. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. You see, the key to controlling the mind scrimmage of our mind is not trying not to think bad thoughts, but in constantly thinking of the good and filling our minds with the good. Several illustrations that occurred to me this week and even this morning. I met a new friend who's getting married. Soon. And if you remember those days when you were engaged and you're about to get married, do you remember people coming to you and giving you advice? Do you remember? Oh, I remember some of the things. Oh, the first year you wish you could just eat her up, and the second year you wish you had. <laughs> I heard things like that. I told my new friend, I said, I was standing in a jewelry store in Aberdeen, Mississippi. And it was a Christmas, and Jeannie and I were newly married, and I wanted to get her something for Christmas, and I found something, and Mr. Buxton, who owned the jewelry shop, I said, do you think this will make her happy? Because I wanted to make Jeannie happy. And a voice of the lady behind me on a kid in our youth group said, Oh, in a few years you won't care. (laughs) (laughs) And I remember standing there praying, Lord, let me never get that way. Let me never be that way. Instead, I chose to follow the example of my friend Earl Petty, who until he went to be with the Lord, probably was married to Louise 60 years. And you know what Earl called Louise for 60 years? His bride. Isn't that awesome? She wasn't the old lady. Wasn't the ball and chain. Doesn't stink and think and lead to lousy living. If I let that kind of stuff creep in, it'll mess up the way I think about you. If I let those kinds of things creep in, and if I don't think of the good, what is good and true and honorable and just and pure and pleasing and commendable, I'm going to think differently about you. I'm going to think differently about me. I'm going to think differently about my church. Our church. And it is important how we think. Romans 12.2 says this. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed, and look how it says you can be transformed, by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Do not conform to this The world has attitudes about all sorts of things that should not be my attitude. So be careful, little eyes, what you see. Be careful, little ears, what you hear. That's a good thing to teach our kids and it's a good thing to remind ourselves. There's a battle going on. Feed yourself with the good. And it makes this world so much better. After a particularly tough week on the news, two friends ran into each other. And they were both concerned about what was going on in the world. They went to see the pastor. And he was smiling. And they were mad at the pastor for smiling and he said you shouldn't smile, all the stuff's going on. He said, Well, how are you two doing? And they say, Well, not very well under the circumstances. He said, What are you doing under there? Don't get under the circumstances. Don't ever get under the circumstances. Get under God's control. it's going to change your lives. Let's pray together.